Welcome to Inside Shopify UX. As always, I am your host, Lalaya Layo Pearson, UX Director at Shopify. Now, on today's episode, we chat about the intern experience with three product designers Jason Tan, an ex nurse, Nuando Nwafo, who previously worked in Shopify's talent team, and Sophia Deng, who came into Shopify via D School. We'll discuss their backgrounds, what brought them to UX, their experiences as interns, and how they felt when they landed their permanent roles. I loved this conversation. You won't want to miss a moment. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside Shopify UX. Today, I am joined by three amazing product designers in the team who were all previously interns at Shopify. And so we're going to be talking about internships and starting your your career in UX. As always, I'm Lola Yolayo Pearson, and I head up UX for our money products. Uh, and I'm going to throw it to our guests to introduce themselves. So let's start with Jason. Please tell us who you are. Hi there. My name's Jason. I'm a product designer on the Merchant Lending Team, also known as Capital. I've been at Shopify since May of this year. So I started off as an intern and then I just converted to full-time in October. Amazing. So happy to have you also from my world at Shopify. So I have seen Jason's work. It's good. Uh, Sophia. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Sophia. I'm a product designer on the billing team. And I joined as an intern in January. So I've been here for like almost a year now, which is kind of crazy. Um, It's basically 10 years in Shopify. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like... I've done quite a bit, so it just flew by, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And Nuando, Nuando's our OG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Nuando. I've, yeah, just like Lola said, I've been at Shopify <laughs> for f- almost four years now. So in January, I'll be four years mm-hmm. at Shopify. So oh. I work, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I work with the Shopify balance team and I, yeah, I have a bit of a story there, but I was an intern from August, 2020 to January, 2021. And I converted to full-time intern, full-time in UX in January, 2021. Okay. So I'm going to kick off with you, Nwando, because it is super (laughs) interesting that you have been at Shopify four years and you started your UX internship in August, 2020. So tell us about like what you were doing before you came to UX at Shopify and maybe like, why did you decide to apply for an internship? Yeah, I was part of the talent acquisition team here at Shopify. I was supporting the hiring of the finance team and the legal team. Then later on, mm-hmm. went into um, internal solutions team. Then somehow there was like a restructuring. Or I, when I started considering switching careers, I talked to my lead. I wanted to get closer to the hiring of technical roles. So then my lead mm-hmm. then approved. So I started supporting the hiring of engineers and UX. So that got me closer to the hiring managers, got me closer to candidates that were coming in to interview for UX roles. As I was hearing their stories, I could also like apply to my stories. And 
I got encouraged that a lot of people that we're interviewing for UX roles were coming from very non-traditional backgrounds. So I yeah. was like, if these people could do it, then I could. So that's just yeah. like a background of my story. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating because you and I met when you were in talent. You yeah. Were, when I came to interview at Shopify, you were part of helping me like work my way around the, the Ottawa office at the time. And I was like, this is amazing. And then you came back into the UX world. So our circles have blended yeah. quite mm -hmm. a bit. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to, because I think we have a term for that at Shopify, the jungle gym, right? So people who career switch within Shopify. But actually, Jason, I think your story is also super interesting because you also have a very non-traditional route into UX. So tell us about what you were doing before UX and what kind of led you to jump into, uh, you know, looking for an internship. Yeah, so my background is actually in healthcare. Um, mm -hmm. I did my degree in health sciences and then nursing. And then I was working as a registered nurse for about three years. And it was actually not until I was, uh, until I met my partner, who was a product designer at the time, where I was introduced okay. to the world of UX and UI. Okay. Yeah. And so I guess at the time she was working remotely. So I really got to see um, what the job entailed. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, this is so cool. Like the work yeah. you're doing is so interesting. And that's yeah. when that thought kind of got into my head that hmm, maybe this is something that I could try out too. Yeah. And, and how did you start? Yeah. How did you start? Yeah. So I have to give credit to my partner. She was a huge help when I was starting off because I had no idea what to do or where to even start. Yeah. So she provided me with a lot of resources, gave me a lot of mentorship in the beginning. Um, I just kind nice. of watched a lot of YouTube videos, read a lot of Medium articles, and then I signed up for a Figma account and then I just yeah. played around with it and tried to just really get my hands wet and, you know, uh, do as many concept projects as I could just to practice, yeah. improve my UI. Yeah. And when I was starting off, she was like, your goal should be to get an internship at Shopify. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? So That's from so the cool. very start, that was kind of she my set initial the target goal. for you. Yeah, yeah, that was my target. And I was like, okay, I'm yeah. going to try and get an internship in Shopify within the next, you know, half year or so. And so that was kind of my motivation to keep going, to keep practicing. Yeah. And yeah, I would just get off after work. I do a 12 hour shift, come home and I just mm -hmm. be on Figma for the next four or five hours just working on my portfolio pieces and doing wow. research, stuff like that. So it was a pretty rough couple months, but I think yeah. it paid off and mm -hmm. I do feel very fortunate to be here. So everything worked out in the end. And also if ever we needed some, uh, you know, caregiving, we could also just talk to <laughs> and be like, Jason, yeah. I've got a rash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or maybe you know not. Who to come to. <laughs> we know who to come to. I'm definitely going to come back into that because those are definitely some hours spent bleeding in the craft. Um, but Sophia, tell us how you got into the sort of UX internship at Shopify. Because I think maybe your background is a bit more traditional for sort of product design in that sense. Yeah, um, I feel like it was kind of windy uh, for a bit okay. because I did come from 
a design school. So I was at the School of Visual Arts um, and I was actually finishing my last semester while I was doing my internship. So that was very hectic for a few months. Yes. Um, But prior to that, um, I was not at a design school. Like I actually was like a software engineer for a bit. And Uh well, like that didn't work out, obviously. (laughs) But I think... I I think even when I was coding, um, I really enjoyed like the projects that were more visual, um, the -hmm. projects that had some aspect of like problem solving to them. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at the time, I was also very heavily involved in journalism. And I think within that activity, like there was also a lot of problem solving and like design thinking to be done. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I started gravitating more towards like thinking about how to solve problems like human-centered problems and I I sort of moved away from being like completely software developer person to like exploring the world of UX and this all sort of happens towards the end of my um, undergraduate years and I felt as though I wanted to explore that more because Mm-hmm. We didn't have too many resources. I think I just wanted more time to explore. Um, and that was what fueled my decision to apply to like a design graduate program. Um, okay. So I did an internship the summer after I graduated from undergrad. And then right after that, I went to the School of Visual Arts in New York. And that's where I sort of like got a chance to really dive into these really cool studios and classes and be with like a bunch of people. And honestly, I really liked it. Um, I think COVID definitely changed the game a little bit, but um, Mm. yeah, I think overall it was a really valuable experience. And I think I learned a lot about design and people through that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be where I am now. So I, I love the, the similarities and the differences in your journeys because I feel like the one thing that I know every UX person has is they have like this moment in their career where they were happily doing one thing and then they bumped into a person or a thing that was like oh hey this like I didn't consider this before and now I'm gonna try it out and do it and then before you know it it's transformative but it feels like for the three of you that's literally in the last 18 months (laughs) (laughs) you know that complete journey arc has just happened um so maybe like anyone feel free to start answering this but what was that intern experience for you how did it feel to be on day one as a UX intern at Shopify just stepping into well not stepping into virtually stepping into a um, Google Meet or a Hangout or an onboarding to to kind of become one of the designers here like how did you feel what was going through your mind yeah, my UX internship onboarding was a bit different from others because I think the first week or the first few days people learn about um, about Shopify. So I already had that Shopify context. So I kind of skipped yes. ahead. So to go straight yes. into like the real, like learning about Shopify and learning about the money team and the team, yeah. the balance team. So I had like one week head start. <laughs> so it was nice yeah. and kind of it was natural for me because I mm-hmm. maybe had the advantage of already being in the company 
and I had met my mentor once, the, my mentor Christy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had met her in the office yeah. once. So it was kind of, oh, I already know you. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't, yeah. yeah. That's quite nice. So it wasn't kind of different for me. And yeah. because I knew I was going to transition into UX, I already started reaching out to a lot of UX um, designers in here mm-hmm. in Shopify to kind of understand mm-hmm. the tools they use instead of learning Figma by myself and getting to mm-hmm. understand the design process. So it was yeah. kind of natural. <laughs> yeah. That's, I can imagine that there's probably a lot of, uh, overhead on the newness of the place and the newness of the craft. I don't know, Jason and Sophia, did you feel that double load of newness or was it actually just like getting to know Shopify, but you already felt more comfortable with the craft tools in that sense because of all the work you put in? Yeah, I think it's definitely both exciting and a bit scary. I think it's one Mm. thing to know how to use the craft tools, but then to use that to apply to a specific company and to, you know, utilize your skills to um, make an impact. I think that varies widely from company to company. So it was, yeah. uh, there's a bit of unknown as to what to expect from Shopify. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say the same thing. Like I, I felt like it's a complete, every company is a completely different environment and even Mm -hmm. the same can be said of teams too like you can have Mm -hmm. a completely different experience working on one team than another and I I think sort of like knowing that brought some ease in terms of like okay like I'm never going to have all the answers ever um and it's it's just about like Kind of like just being on your toes and like thinking on the fly sometimes. Um, but yeah. like knowing that you like the more you work, the more tools you have to equip you to like take on those challenges. So that's that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. I feel like that is probably a truism of a lot of things. It's like you you feel intimidated, but then you try something that gives you a f- positive feedback loop. And then that gives you a bit more comfort to try a little bit more and do whatever. Um, but so the, you know, again, all three of you went through the internship, you were officially interns for a while, but then you also landed actual jobs, right? So you graduated from the internship into being full-time product designers. Um, tell me a bit about that. Like, did you, did you set out with the intention that you were going to be full-time or were you going through this almost as like you know what whatever happens happens I'm just doing it because I want to so no wonder I feel like it was high risk for you right you changed (laughs) careers and a job did you have a sense that if I don't make it I'm not going to be employed at the end of this internship or were you just feeling your way through it actually my internship was a secondment so ah yeah it was slightly different so it was different so it was like go try out and see if you like this. But I was yeah. really hoping and praying that I kind yeah. of land the full-time job. Um, so yeah. I don't go back to my other team because as I yes. moved on to UX, I, a lot of things changed in the way hiring was being done. The tools changed. So if I was to go back, I had to like start learning the tools again. So my whole yeah. mindset was in UX. So I really had to work hard 
to kind of prove to my manager that I deserve to be in this team and yeah. not go back to my other team. But I think that's, so let's tap into that because that is the benefit of what we call the Shopify jungle gym, right? So mm -hmm. you can career change, take a sideways step, try things. So we've had talent folks. You're not the only talent person who's come in through a UX internship and ended up mm -hmm. uh, getting a full-time role. We've had people go into product. We've had people go into engineering. We've had engineers go into product. We've had support people come into UX. Mm -hmm. Like everybody has a route and the secondment framework provides a little bit of that job security because it's like you still have a job here. You're just trying a different thing. And if it works, you can stick. And if it doesn't, you, you know, you kind of have a, a comeback that, you know, your job is still secure, which is pretty cool. I have to mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Did you, did, it feels like you also pulled a bunch of other people along and it was almost like seeing your experience. They were like, oh, no wonder just did that. Yeah, I did. So when I told, because I, I told my leader talent that I wanted to do this. So um, she gave me all the support. And so it was part of mm -hmm. my intended outcome. So every one-on-one, -on -one, I'll sit down with her. She's like, so where are you at? So she kept saying, yes. okay, do you have a project to show to the team? I was like, no, I'm not there yet. So yeah. when I finally interviewed, I told her, okay, I have something to share with the team. So part of my project for the uh, interview, I shared it with the team. And then we're all yeah. like, because we are already, you're like a recruiter hiring for UX, but you don't know what UX is all about. So yeah. they, I kind of show them, oh, this is what Figma looks like. Oh, this is what, like when we tell candidates that they'll be interviewing with Figma. This is Figma, mm -hmm. you know, this is the kind of yeah. projects we tell candidates. This is what um, design, pairing and all those stuff look like. So yeah. I shared it with the team. And when I finally got the job, my lead announced it to the whole TA. They were like, oh, oh. I'm leaving the team. <laughs> yeah, it was a big thing. Then a lot of people started reaching out to me in Slack. How did you do that? So I... <laughs> kind of motivated a quite a number of people, you know, to it was people that yeah. wanted to do that, but they didn't know how to do that. Or because like you have a job, people weren't yeah. sure if they had to resign to kind of focus on this. So they yeah. were like, okay, if you could handle your full-time job and still do this, then we can. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, let's talk about that. Cause that is, that is also the thing, Jason, that you kind of did is like you had, a full-time job that's not just full-time, it's like full-time plus. Most of us have yeah. no time <laughs> for 12-hour days, like, and that's the default operating model of like somebody who's in there. So like genuinely, how did you find the time to come home from a 12-hour shift and then do five hours of like craft work? What was it that was like fueling that energy? Yeah, I think you just really have to set clear goals for yourself and mm -hmm. find the self-motivation. There were many okay. days where I got home and I just did not want to turn on my computer. Yeah. Then I just thought about, you know, all the projects that had to be done. It was like kind of being back in school where you had deadlines and assignments. Yeah. And I think my partner was really good at pushing me too because she'd be like, hey, did you work on your project today? And I'm like... No. She's like, well, you better get on it then. So I think having that Cracking extra little bit of motivation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That really helped to, you know, give me that drive to just keep pushing. 
Were these projects that you defined for yourself or were you actually doing a course that uh, was kind of like um, driving the work? These were mostly just concept projects that I was doing for myself. Mm. But I did start doing some freelancing too, just to get a bit more experience. So yeah. I think with freelancing, it's better because you actually have stakeholders who yeah. have expectations from you. Yeah. And so you can't just not do it. You know, now you're, you're committed and you have to go and put in the work. Mm. Yeah. No, mm. absolutely. I, lo I love that commitment. I have to say willpower is everything, but... Mm -hmm. I'm the person who needs someone who's like holding me accountable for doing the thing because I absolutely would just have a lazy day. Sophia, maybe like, and I think this is something you have in common with Duando, but like your internship happened during a period of time where the team that you're on needed to ship like really important shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like you entered a team with like a, a learning goal and like wanting to get through this internship, but then you were also like straight into the deep end of like the product process and like shipping. Mm -hmm. So like what were maybe some of the highs and some of the lows that, that you went through through the internship when you were in that situation? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that was like very markedly different about Shopify was that I just like jumped straight into it honestly like I was I think in previous internships um they sort of set aside like a project for you to do um that mm -hmm. may or may not see the light of day which is like yeah. I, I think I came to expect that a little bit but then mm -hmm. here it was like yeah like um Peter like pulled me into a project that like he was working on and that was like intended to be shipped and I was like wow like it's week two um that's yeah. pretty cool so I think it was definitely challenging sometimes because there was a lot of like context that I think I needed to gain very quickly to sort of yeah know what decisions to make and like with confidence um yeah I think that was probably the more challenging part but honestly like I I really appreciated it because I, I think it helped wrap me up a lot faster and I felt more like I was a part of Shopify and I like I was actually contributing as opposed yeah. to like working on like vision projects are nice but I think sometimes when you work on that and there's no like clear like deadline or, or goal with that sometimes it does feel a little bit disconnected um, yeah. so yeah that that's kind of like how it felt to me. Yeah, I, I can imagine hard is hard is there the whole time, right? Like, you you know, you're all working in teams with like urgent targets, I would say. Like everything in money has urgent targets against it. Mm -hmm. But uh, the learning curve is also quite steep. And so that's super interesting. And, you know, Nuando, you, you were on a team where the project you joined in August 2020 and we wanted to launch a brand new sort of solution in market for money mm -hmm. movement like five months later and mm -hmm. like, I'm pretty sure nothing really had been designed at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was, what was that like for you? What, what were some of the highs and lows of being, you know, part of the team at that time and doing your internship in like real, real hustle mode in product development? Yeah. The highs for me was that like, um, I was thrown in and I got to do things. So there, I think, 
the hand holding was just for like a month. After that, they were like, okay, you do this. So like, oh God, yeah. So so it was like the trust, they trusted me to do this, but it was also scary. Oh God, like, I don't know when I'm making the right decisions. So I still had like people I was pairing with. I was like, oh God, how do I know whether this decision is the right decision? Like um, my lead would tell me, okay, so if you think it's okay, then um hand off to the engineers or like oh god how like i was like scared you know i don't want to ship something that is wrong but also because there was the trust that i can go ahead and do it so yeah yeah but this team was like really supportive yeah i really i was doing it on my own but they were always available there to pair with me and go through yeah the solutions yeah yeah it's funny because even like as somebody who's hugely experienced in UX, that was something that a feature of Shopify that I found refreshing, but also like, do you really mean this is the amount of trust mm-hmm. that we place on product teams to just like, you spend most of your time with this problem. You understand it better than any manager would uh, at this point. So if you think this is the right thing to ship, then ship. Mm-hmm. And I guess the benefit, <laughs> the safety net is it's better to maybe uh, ship boldly with good intentions and be mindful of why you've shipped than it is to kind of worry about what if and never ship anything, right? So like mm-hmm. put enough process and guardrails in there to make sure like a good solution that's well considered and well built is going out, but do put it out there in the world, right? Like do do the thing, mm-hmm. um, which I think is quite cool. Um, and Jason, have you, I've, I believe you've also worked on stuff that's gone out, like you've been doing a ton of work on emails and some improvements around that. So how has that felt for you, like working on something that you know is going to be in the real hands of a real merchant pretty soon? I think it's really cool and rewarding to know that you're working on products that are actually going to be used by thousands, if not millions of people. And just to know that, you know, the work that you put in does have a real life impact. I think that's a big motivator to keep working hard. Yeah. I love that the nurse is saying that because I genuinely feel like you've just <laughs> gone from one serious impact role into what I hope is another working on our lending products, but like, yes, indeed. Okay. So to maybe wrap up the episode, if you imagine there are people watching, listening to this right now who are thinking about either making a move into UX at the beginning of their career or maybe career switching. And they may consider applying for an internship at Shopify. What advice would you give them from your experience that would help think about how to do this or how to succeed? Um, Sophia, let's start with you. Oh boy, Um, lots of pressure. (laughs) No pressure at all. Um, I, I feel as though, I feel like one of the things I learned being at Shopify that's like really hard to replicate elsewhere is just it's this idea that like design is so much more than just the problems and the processes like it's Mm -hmm. also just as much about the people and like really understanding who you're working with and and how to communicate ideas well um I think that's kind of like a huge thing that I feel like it's overlooked a lot in either like the classes or or just like um 
Yeah, like it, it's really hard to replicate that, I think, when you're not working on like a real project. And I, I think the more you can sort of like understand both yourself and the people around you, that will make your projects a lot more successful. So um, that's like my biggest takeaway, I guess. <laughs> Do you know what? you? I have a phrase for it that I coined a while ago, which was trying to break the idea of like, we're going to do the UX thing. And then at some point, we're going to tell an engineer the thing to build. <laughs> uh, and I was like, we should practice colleague colleague centered design mm -hmm. to recognize that it's valuable to take someone on the journey, the same attention we pay to end users, to understand their needs, their challenges and how to support them is also the grace that we should give each other, right? Like mm -hmm. how do I help the engineer understand how the solution might need to work? How do I bring those inputs into my work so that my solution is more practical, more buildable, maybe even better because of it. And I do think it's a hard thing to articulate when you're trying to like, be an expert in your craft area, but it is probably the thing that's going to drive your impact when you do end up in an environment like Shopify is your mm -hmm. ability to work across the team, not just my designs are good, other people fucked up, you know, that kind of throwing <laughs> it over the wall culture doesn't work, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I value that a lot. I, I really appreciate you raising that. Um, Jason, what about you? What, what guidance would you give? What lesson have you learned that would be useful for someone coming in to know? Yeah, I would say that try not to focus too much on the solution. Focus more on really understanding the problem space, mm -hmm. understanding, you know, the users behind that mm -hmm. and the different processes. And then the solution will kind of come naturally. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people starting off in design, they're always trying to figure out what is the solution to this problem without really fully understanding the problem. Yes. And you'll never come up to a good solution if you don't really know what problem you're solving for. Yes. Give this mind a microphone and a, a, a stage <laughs> and just go <laughs> preach. <laughs> Honestly, it's sad. And I think as somebody who has probably done thousands of interviews and portfolio reviews and interviews, so many hours with people, I think it's so easy to overlook that. It's this idea that your portfolio is a story about the thing that you ended up with. When actually your portfolio is about how you deconstructed the problem mm -hmm. and the confidence with which you were able to arrive at the thing that you ended up with. And so that's what we're looking for. And it can be so easy to miss when you look at somebody's work and you're like, oh, it's so stunning. They're so, you know, skillful. And it's like, yeah, that skill is part like detailed craft UI and significantly problem definition, which is, I love that you said that as spot on. Um, Senuando, what about you? What would be your advice or your biggest lesson learned for someone else? Yeah. So when I joined, um, the first week, my mentor gave me a list of names of people I might work with. So there were mm -hmm. like 10 of them or so. So I scheduled like 30 minutes meeting with each of them. And uh, some mm -hmm. were engineers, um, data scientists, um, researchers, content designers, so building that relationship in the first week kind of set me up for success because I was now comfortable to reach out to them anytime yeah. I needed like feedback. So I would um, set up a time with the front end, front end dev. And when I'm yeah. designing something, we're working on it together. So because yeah. we already, so the first meeting I had with him was just like casual chats. So now mm -hmm. we know ourselves 
And so we were, he was able to say, oh, no, that's not technically possible. Oh, no, that's yes. possible. So having that relationship yeah. um, is very key. And also, even though we are remote now, but you should mm. feel comfortable sharing your work earlier on for feedback. So don't think yes. like your work has to be perfect before you share it. Just seek feedback early yeah. from everybody. Yeah. Like, and it would help you in the long run. So not like when you uh, finish, it's like, oh, you should have sought for feedback earlier. Yeah. No big bang reveal, basically. It's like never worth it to keep going for that long. I love that. Guys, thank you so, so much for sharing your experience, your perspectives. I'm sure there are a bunch of people, both currently working at Shopify and future people who would value the kind of the nuggets that you have shared here. But before you go, we're going to get into our little cootie catcher slash fortune teller slash we don't know what to call it slash chatterbox. Um, so who wants to go first with picking a... Uh, so you've got a banana, a rocket, let's see, a banana, a book, rocket, a cart, or a lettuce, not a cabbage loaf. <laughs> Somebody uh, shout one out. A lettuce? Lettuce? Was that? Lettuce. One? Okay, let's go. <laughs> I mean, I called it a cabbage first time just because, you know, I don't know. Anyway, uh, L-E-T-T-U-C-E. So you have the options of one, two, five, and six. Uh, let's do five. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, one, two, five, and six again. One. Number. One. Okay, question number one, Sophia, is da, 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 what design book are you currently reading? Oh, wow. Um, I hope I got this title right, but it's, I think it's called The Shape of Design, and it was actually recommended to me by Rory. Um, oh nice yeah it was just it was so great like I think man I, I'm struggling to like come up with some tangible like passages that I remember but I think the thing that I really enjoyed about that book is that it's more so showing how you can get inspiration for design just from like regular life um yes. like I, it didn't have any sort of like process or framework recommendations yeah. it's just like oh yeah just like be present like observe what's happening observe how people interact and um that's that's really how you get to like the core of design and i i just loved it so much so yeah that's what right i mean up my street i'm gonna get that book title off you and that's gonna get added to my collection <laughs> for sure because i love that i love I love the idea that you, there are muses and inspiration all around you and you can problem solve probably by stepping away from your desk and just experiencing the world. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay. Jason, Nwando, who wants to go next? Go banana. Go next. Banana. I heard Nwando, so I'm going to go with Nwando. B-A-N-A-N-A. One, two, five, and six. Two. Two. One, two. One, two, five, and six. Six. Okay. Question number six is... Dun, 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 dun. Tell us about one of your biggest failures. Oh, boy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Put it all out there now. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
Safe space, safe space. Okay. So my first job uh, ever was like working as a bank teller. So I made a mistake of, instead of, I added one zero to someone's, like I was posting the money and I added one zero extra. So I found out when I was balancing, like when you post like two transactions, you pause, like you balance your books. So I was balancing that. I noticed things weren't adding up. So I had to trace it and I reversed the transaction. But I, the money was still in the other person's, in the wrong account. Like I reversed it and I had to call the person and say, um, just if you see this, it was a mistake, you know? So, oh, wow. Yeah. After that day, I double check everything. (laughs) I triple check everything. (laughs) Like after that day, like my attention to details has been spot on. I would think so. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I would think so. That's actually one of those like, ooh kind of failure moments especially yeah. if like they had it, already spent the money or something yeah it was scary it was yeah <laughs> oh nice one thank you for sharing that and a good life lesson learned yeah um, jason what was your pick i'll go for the shopping cart the cart okay c-a-r hang on c-a-r-t okay Seven, eight, three, and four. Uh, go for seven. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, five, and six. And we've already had six and one, I think. Let's go with uh, two. Two. Okay. Question number two is... What is your favorite iconic design? Can be something digital or something non-digital. Is there like a design out in the world that every time you look at it, you're like, whoa, that's my thing? Mm, I'm a really big fan of Apple's new human interface design. Like since <clears throat> iOS oh. 7 and okay. they upgraded everything, I think, I feel like that started a new design trend because before that came out, everything was very... 3D, glossy, remember back in the day, everything had gradients, shadows, and then Apple just kind of reinvented the wheel with this flat design. And it seems like all the new, I guess, trendy products coming out today follow that same design scheme. Yeah. Like they were really uh, trailblazers in that. Well, they trailblazed, but they also gave us skeuomorphisms. So I don't know, you know, they have some questions to ask of some people. It's like, did I ever really need a notebook to look like a notebook mm-hmm. or something? I don't know. But yeah, I hear you. I definitely, I'm a big fan of flat design because I think as much as like skeuomorphism gave us this mental model association with like, I'm looking at an object and it looks familiar. It's actually much harder for the brain to process in a screen-based environment, whereas flat design just has always felt to me way more accessible, much cleaner, much simpler. And like UI solutions just have to be better quality to do the job as opposed to like over-designed because it looks like a thing in the real world. And also like there's a bunch of things you can do that have no real world metaphor. So like the idea of basing everything on that is just like super weird anyway. But yeah, I hear you. Flat design for the win. Simple, clean UIs. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. You guys have been amazing sports. Um, If you're on socials, we'll probably put all sorts of socials and tags, and I'm sure 
if you'd be happy for people to reach out and say hi and ask your advice, that would be amazing. And uh, yeah, go forth and be wonderful, wonderful, amazing, accomplished product designers. Thank you for sharing mm. your wisdom on the podcast. Thank, Thank you for, for hosting this. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Inside Shopify UX. Check out more from our team or find out how to join us by visiting ux.shopify.com. Inside Shopify UX is hosted by me, Lola Yalayo Pearson. Produced by Jen Shaw. Assisted by Isabel Hamilcarassi. Edited by Michael Busser. With art and graphics by Alicia Giroux. Danny Chavez Ackerman. And Trevor Slovani. Music by Silent Quiet Spaces. On the next episode of Inside Shopify UX, we talk culture, diversity, and design that isn't Western centric. Mm-hmm.